0: Hi, everyone. This is Nikita and you're listening to Snakes and Ladders, a podcast on the salsa dance that is navigating the three P's of people, places and planet. At times, we come forward climbing ladders and reaching new heights. At other times, we go backwards after being bit by failure, which can be a snake. Today, I have with me Samantha Hornsby, co-founder of the Eric app, an award-winning app for young creatives to explore, upskill, and land their first job in the creative industries. Obsessed with immersive education, Sam is all about fixing broken systems to get better results. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for joining in.
1: Hi, uh, thank you for having me. It's very exciting to be here.
0: Oh, I'm glad. Uh, So without further ado, let's get started. So tell us a little bit more about you, your personal background and what sort of sparked your interest in the creative industries.
1: Yeah, so like I've always been um, interested in the creative industries myself. So I actually um, used to want to be an artist. I wanted to be a potter, more specifically. So that was my ambition growing up. I actually got into pottery at a really early age, at about I think the age of eight. So it was really really young. Um, and um, and then I guess kind of um, uh, throughout school, I slowly I think my confidence in that was slowly chipped away because. Uh, I'm sure lots of people have had this experience, but the creative industries has, up until recently, I would say that has changed, but um, it has traditionally been seen as a bit of like a kind of non-serious industry to get into, or um, I guess something that isn't very well paid, there's a low chance of being, you know, I guess kind of successful. Um, And so I was never really enabled um, by school to consider it as a serious career option, Um, And so I ended up working, I tried going to uni, um, that failed. (laughs) I wasn't very good at uni. Um, And then I basically um, left uni after about a year, went straight into work, ended up working at a random PR firm um, and proceeded to have like a series of other random jobs, ended up working in the tech startup world, which I really enjoyed. Um, And I kind of got the startup bug, I think I caught the bug and really wanted to start my own business Um, and roped in my friend May, who (laughs) was a chartered accountant at the time. She's got a very different background story to me. Um, And we ended up starting a business together. And that business turned out to be what we're doing now, Eric.
0: That's awesome. I loved what you said about the creative industry is not being taken seriously. And I think that's the case in schools across the world. I remember having a very similar experience in high school myself where sort of the arts and even commerce for that matter was sort of frowned down upon and it was the mainstream like sciences that were like oh wow if you get into here this is you know you're going to be doing big things with your life and if you don't then it's all doom and gloom. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad to hear that you and me paved the way for yourself. Um, So Speaking of paving the way for yourself, what does success mean to you? I'm sure the definition must have changed over the years.
1: So the definition of success, I think, is really interesting because, you know, society in general tells us that success means finance. Uh, It just means having lots of money. Um, uh, But actually, the reason that people have lots of money is so that it buys them freedom. I think freedom of time. Um, And so I think it is definitely possible to get freedom of time, which is the ultimate success metric that people always forget about, which money gets you. (laughs) Actually, you know, creativity is a really good example of a very kind of of a uh, skill set that is defined by very different metrics like um, a creative Uh, creativity is very very good for your mental health for example so actually often people are happier even though they have less money they actually have better mental health because they're able to you know create a nice output and they're doing something that they enjoy that is good for them what really we do enjoy about Eric is not making lots of money because we don't but we are so unbelievably happy because we have freedom of time. Like we actually have achieved that ultimate goal without having to climb up a financial ladder. So I think it's really important to me that people start to think about what that ultimate goal is. You know, like, is it like, what does financial success give you? I also think, it is a personal thing, you know, for me, financial, sorry, um, freedom of time is the thing that makes me the most happy. But for a lot of other people, it might be actually, um, I don't know, like being around other people, that might be their ultimate success metric. Um, so I think it's just really important that people, I guess, kind of have a bit more introspect and, and really examine what what makes them happy, because that, that individual, you know, thing should be your own success metric.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think at the start of university, for me as well, I sort of um, fell prey to this hustling culture where I felt that the path was already paved for me and I was forced to walk down along it. But over the years, knowing that, sort of doing what made me happy and what sort of aligned well with my individual strengths and skills and passions just worked out better in so many ways and always actually so What advice would you give to young people trying to navigate their life and careers, especially given that so many of them fall prey to this concept of the hustling culture because it's so glorified today? There's a couple of things.
1: I do think social media is particularly bad for communicating these kind of like negative or toxic messages. So I would say to a lot of people, if you can spend less time on social media, that actually will be very conducive to mental health for that you know and also other things like there are so many other things that that could solve but I think one of the big issues with hustle culture is that it is promoted so aggressively across different social media platforms so it is important just to like recognize that and just minimize as much as possible um the other thing that I would say is that um self I think Self-development is very, very important, actually. And I think one thing that hustle culture maybe the only positive thing that it does is that it forces people to, like, perpetually, continuously step outside comfort zones and, I guess, kind of learn skills, like, learn more about themselves, you know. And I think that's actually something maybe that we need to separate from it and promote as an individual thing self-development and learning continuously a about yourself and about uh, you know skills and also i guess kind of like a breadth of different situations that you can put yourself into that is actually really positive um but i think it just needs to be scaled back so it's like more manageable because <laughs> that's how burnout happens <laughs> like you know that's the great thing about starting a side hustle for example on like on instagram or any sort of social media is actually can be very positive because it can force you to learn new skills about you know, content and graphic design and all of these things, which is so good for your mental health. Learning and developing your skills and feeling like you have moved forward as an individual is so important and it is really, really good. It's a really positive thing to do. However, I think often it is paired with hustle culture and it's like you have to learn at a thousand miles an hour you have to do everything at a thousand miles an hour. You have to do everything so that your diary is crammed back to back, back, back. That doesn't need to happen. The two can be separate.
0: For sure. I mean, I think taking things at your own pace is something that's so important. And it just seems like one of those things that is so simple and makes the most sense, yet it just somehow it just sort of falls behind in our list of priorities because we're trying to keep up with this rat race of what where we should be by a certain age or what we ought to have done by the time we reach a certain milestone in our life whereas it's we are writing the story of our lives and we get to define where, how and when these milestones come and whether or not they're important to us in the first place. So yeah, thank you so much for touching upon that very important theme of burnout. I think that was the next question I was getting into, which is, and I know you already elaborated on it, um, Quite a bit. But if you could sort of give us a personal insight into whether or not you experienced burnout yourself and how you navigated coming out of it to doing something that was more fulfilling to you at a pace that was manageable for you.
1: I think all of these things are very intertwined. So like, you know, hustle culture, success metrics, burnout basically, like I think the first two equal the last, you know, like you get burnout because you are pushing yourself too hard and because you think you're underachieving. And so you're literally just like, ah, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, I feel like I can't do anything that I want. Um, I think it's very like, and so as a result, I think it's important to have perspective on those things as well. Um, hustle culture. I think for me, I actually um, burnt out a lot because of the success metrics. I think that's when I really began to start looking at like, okay, what actually is my definition of success? Because like, I don't know if this is making me happy at all. Um, And that was the beginning of our kind of like redefining success journey. And I have to say, like, since we've started doing that, since we've kind of moved into our own kind of little bubble of success metrics and stuff. Burnout has happened a lot less frequently. We're not holding ourselves to this ridiculously unachievable, you know, benchmark, which often people, you know, like, uh, you know, I think this is again, why social media is so difficult. Like you go on social media and there's all these things being like, I did this by the time I was 21. I made 5 million pounds by the time I was this blah, blah, blah. It's totally unachievable and also completely often fabricated, so it's not, lots of those things aren't true, so May and I began to obsess for quite a long time on like the Forbes 30 under 30, I don't know why, it's just like one of those things that just gets promoted all the time, turns out that the majority of people that appear in Forbes under 30 30 under 30 actually pay to do that, like there is, yeah, like there's a, a kind of expose that came out recently, and so I think lots of the burnout that people experience often is like totally unmerited, because it's based on trying to achieve a benchmark that is a lie.
0: Thank you so much. That's a great answer. So in a sense, it's all about doing what you love, the way you love it, and at a pace that feels right to you. No one else but you. Thank you so much, Sam, for tuning in today, for all your valuable insights. I'm sure listeners will greatly benefit from this. So thank you so much for your time and energy
1: thank you so much. I really
0: enjoyed it. So thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tune in for the one that will be out next week. Cheers. See you next time. Bye-bye. Take care.